Well, you know, Ian, uh, you know, this is the first time we've talked, but man, I uh, I just recently got into psychedelic therapy. Um, okay. Yeah, and I've uh, I followed your career while you were in the UFC, um, and uh, I have a back a wrestling background, so I wrestled in college for a little bit at the University of Oklahoma. Um, nice. So the first guy who ever showed me an arm bar was Matt Grice. <laughs> Remember him? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, man. I uh, I recently got into psychedelic therapy, and uh, had I've had a couple sessions. I had uh, a couple MDMA sessions, and then most recently I did a uh, MDMA and psilocybin. So uh, fun together. Stacking stacking uh, medicines is is like I don't know. It's a lot of fun because you you don't have to go as deep with one of them. You can kind of pair them up and access um, multiple parts of, you know, because each one is kind of opening a different door. Right. So that's always, it, it's obviously, it's fun to do them both ways. I mean, fun, a lot of times it's not fun, but it's, it's <laughs> if Got you it. like to suffer like I do, I do, I, I, okay. I teach suffering. I, I, you know, I'm after this, I'm going to go choke my clients yep. and my students. Uh, making them stronger through, through suffering, through, through pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, going deep. How how deep have you gone? I went five five grams. Okay, nice. Yeah. How was the experience? Amazing. How did it, how did it make you feel? Um, feeling feeling is one thing. Um, man, I guess it's a hard thing to explain, right? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I I had um I had a, an experience. That kind yeah. of made me feel a certain way. Um, at the end, when I had that ego disillusion moment, right? I was um, I was uh, losing track of my identity. You know, uh, mm-hmm. trying to remember things, and I was like, I was trying to remember my girlfriend's face, and I couldn't, I couldn't remember her face. Um, and then I was like, okay, well. Um, I, I remember what uh, I said. I remember, but she's a she's a girl. She's a she's a female. And then I was like, okay, well, hold on. What's female? What's male? I f- I'm losing track of that. And I'm like, okay, all right. Allow, allow. And um, and I said, but I do know God. <laughs> and then the word God just popped up. And then as soon as it popped up, it just dissolved. And that anxiety st- started right when the word. Uh, dissolved and I was like this is the moment where I think a lot of people have talked about where they're they freak out and I and in that moment I was like oh but that's where the meaning is and so I sat in that and um I just everything went black and I was kind of like sitting in this um kind of like this space uh of like just contentment. And um, I sat there for a while. I thought it was five minutes. I think it was two hours. <laughs> but but, uh, but that's, that's what my therapist said. Um, so, but yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, it, was, it was an interesting, I think, you know, I think it's a hard thing to explain um, the feeling you get. I mean, you've been, you've been doing this a long time, way longer than me. Right. So you'll get, you'll get, it becomes easier, yeah. Um, as as you express yourself, 
in this manner, uh, obviously, you know, you're, you like talking, you have a show, you'll, that's, that's, that's your way to analyze things. So as you keep going down, keep telling the story, keep remembering because how long ago was this? Two months, I think. Yeah. Oh, you've got, <laughs> you've got a long time to go before mm-hmm. things even really, really make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> mushrooms takes, you know, months ayahuasca can take a year about maybe two years to really get the full integration um, i'm over two years since i've done ayahuasca and it's i'm still you know i i have things are galvanized actually <clears throat> um and i'm finally putting them into action mushrooms is the same sort of way it just takes maybe not a year but you'll you'll start to it'll start to formulate in your mouth and your brain you know all this the sensations and you'll you'll be able to analyze it much more in depth over time yeah um what what got you into starting your mccall method well uh i point out a lot of the the darker sides the negative sides of psychedelics um i mean if you knew who my mentors were and the people that are in my life we're like we would preach preach harm prevention and everyone don't spook the horses um you know Take this with, you know, do this with a lot of integrity. Keep your moral compass on track because a lot of it gets gets spun out of control in this space. Um, where was I going with that? Sorry, what was your question? Just what what made you start your, oh, your McCall method? I started my journey. Um, I did everything wrong. That's what I was getting at. All right. I did everything wrong. And I have, like, the world's best coaches. I have a guy that wrote books with Timothy Leary and Gordon Wasson and Carl Ruck. Uh, you know the Immortality Key? Yeah. Brian Moreski. So Brian, Brian wrote that book um, because of books like The Road to Eleusis. Yep. And the guy that I'm good friends with that has mentored me a bit is Robert Forte. He was the 19-year-old religious scholar that rewrote the book, the last two iterations with Ruck and, and, and Leary and those guys. Um so he doesn't really get a bunch of credit for it because he was a, a teenager, I think, or maybe like early 20s. Yeah. Um, but he, he worked with everybody from – Shulgin taught him how to synthesize MDMA. He was the, he was the first person to give Rick Doblin MDMA. Okay. He was, he was the first person to teach Dr. Fadiman, the godfather of microdosing, yep. what the word microdosing was. And I know this because Fadiman told me. He's like, oh, yeah, Robert taught me this word. That's cool. <laughs> and, he said it, and he said it in front of a big audience of like 500, 600 people, which was – Fadiman's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the New Age people, Matthew Johnson from Johns Hopkins to Melissa Dawn, a field trip. Um, you know, my ex was a UCLA professor and scientist. Like I've had a lot of really amazing, smart individuals around me, and they've helped me formulate um, – and healers um, – this method of healing, because I was so, man, I was fucked up. Um, I was not doing good in life. I was addicted to fentanyl and heroin. I was, you know, I've stuck a loaded gun in my mouth more than once. Um, I just, I've got a lot of, tra- I had a lot of trauma that I hadn't dealt with, obviously. Um, so I found as many tools as possible. You know, if I'm, I look at my, my fights, I was multitasking. I'm, I'm doing kickboxing. I'm doing... Uh, you know, wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu, like all a mixture of things. Um, that's how I accomplished what I accomplished in life. So for me to go in, in there and be doing yoga and breath work and meditation and jiu-jitsu and 
um, hot, hot and cold therapies, peptides, stem cells, like all of this stuff for a long time. Um, I saw <clears throat> the influx of athletes that were coming into this and I didn't want them to do it wrong. I don't want them to have to go through the crazy just tour of shit that I went through um, in the industry. Um, the industry of psychedelics is gross. It, like it's like any industry, and I've been burned by it so many times. Like mm. I, I finally, I finally work for myself. Nice. I don't work with anybody really. Um, University of Miami. I'm, well, I'm starting to work with other people, but it's but it's on behalf of my brand, my nonprofit. Yeah. Um, but I'm working with University of Miami and the UFC and uh, University of Melbourne, Anya Sciences, which are the the researchers down in Iquitos at the Ayahuasca Foundation. So I, I'm lucky where I, I can you know reach out to Johns Hopkins University or whoever it is, I don't know, Imperial College of London, because these are my peers now. You know, I've, I've, I've gone through it and, and I've made the mistakes and made the corrections and kept going in the right direction, kept my, my moral compass in, in, in check. And, um, you know, I'm only here to help. I, I've been taking arrows for this, for this industry for a long time because I knew the benefits of it. Um, I, I found the benefits in myself. And I was like, I have to just keep going. I don't, I'm the one good part about not being a doctor or scientist. I don't have something on my wall, a plaque that they can take, or they can't take my tenure or they can't fire me from something because I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like I'm going to keep going. I might have a crude method, you know, I might be uh, helping people heal if, you know, one of my athletes, for instance, had a major TBI um, in a race car, really Mm -hmm. bad. And the doctor that we were friend we both work with thought he was dead, you know, and he got home and what did I do? I went to his house and I made him some mushroom tea and I made him snort lines of ketamine and it helped it, like it, that, that exact night and moment he was just telling me how good he felt and how he felt his brain regenerate. Uh, I can also mix it in with like peptides and, and stem cells and stuff. There's a lot of intricacies of, of the, the, the traumatic brain injury protocol that I have because it's really what are people comfortable with. It's not just psychedelics. If they don't want psychedelics, that's totally fine. Um, You know, I can get that same response out of their body with peptides. And peptides are honestly stronger. Their peptides are are insanely good for your body. Like, they make you feel so good. For TBIs especially? uh, For everything. Yeah. I mean, you want big and buff. Like, I... I just asked my chemist. I'm like, hey, man, uh, I just want to train more. I don't care how I look. Like, I've always been jacked and whatever. My body just looks yeah. doesn't look, it's never bad. Um, but that's not the point. I just want to train more. And he put me on this peptide blend called 4X. And I, I put on 20 pounds of muscle in two months. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. Whoa. I didn't even really notice. Um, <clears throat> so I got off that because I, I don't need to be 180 pounds. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous, um, but you know I can't I'm, even pull guard anymore. Uh, I was just crushing everybody. <laughs> but if I'm going to compete, you yeah. know, I have to. I'm competing at 155, which is already. I was a 125 pounder, so I'm going to yeah. compete at 155. A big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so what were some of the things that you know you said that when you got into it, you did it all the the wrong way or or whatever? What were some things that that you've kind of changed with your approach now? Uh, the integration pre and post yeah. has a lot of work, has a lot, a lot of homework to do. 
and my daily schedule. You know, I'm up early, breathwork and meditation, gratitude, forgiveness, getting myself into a stabilized flow before I get out of get out of my room. Realistically, then you know, drink a lot of water, go outside, get some sun. Depends on my training schedule that day, but some days I'll fast, some days I don't. Um, and just eating extremely healthy. Like I had a giant, um, like I dropped my daughter off at lifeguards and I went to go eat and do some homework on my, my computer and do a podcast. And, uh, I had this fried chicken bowl with like potatoes, like mashed potatoes and gravy and the chicken yeah. and, um, some, some, uh, biscuits just cause I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I want to eat my feelings right now. Yeah. Um, and I I went in my car, I did a podcast, and I passed out for like two and a half <laughs> in a fucking random parking lot. It's yeah. Just, yeah. So um, I can't eat food like that. Like it really, it really fucked me up today. It ruined my whole day. Like I'm like, shit. Yeah, it so sucks getting older, to, huh? Yeah. And for me to be optimized, I know the path. Like yeah. it's six raw eggs, avocado in the morning. If, you know, whenever I eat first and a piece of fruit, um, you know, my supplements throughout the day. Uh, coffee, a lot of coffee, probably too much coffee. Um, but you know, the peptides NAD is, is really big mm-hmm. when I do NAD. Actually, you know what? Because I do the NAD in the morning, most, most days I don't drink as much coffee. Uh-huh. I won't need coffee in the morning. Plus, you know, with the breath work in the morning, uh, I've found that the adrenaline that is produced, you know, through that process, the, the, the you know, epinephrine, norepinephrine, keeps you you caffeine free until like noon mm, nice. you know those two th- those two things really really wean me off coffee so um but some days you know i'll have two cups i guess that's that seems like too much for me i think yeah. one cup of coffee is probably pretty good for somebody yeah. um but i'm also teaching you know five hours a day right so um and i i that's because i love jujitsu ayahuasca showed me i need to teach this is my life of service oh, that's cool my man. first act yeah, my first act of service. I'm retired, so I, I have time. <laughs> I uh, this is first and foremost in my life. Obviously, my daughter is the first. Per- well, sorry, I come first because yeah. I know how to take care of myself. Right. If I don't take care of myself, no one else gets shit. Yeah. Um, or they get a sh- shitty version of me. So my right. daughter's next. Um, you know, like Daddy doesn't need a new Porsche because London needs a new horse. So it's like <laughs> that's, that's I, I've lived every I've lived every visceral response. Uh, in uh, visceral experience in my life that I've ever, I've done everything till it hurts, you know, that I wanted to do. So it's like I don't need to live for myself. I then then comes my my athletes, um, and there's a little hierarchy. I kind of because I have my pro athletes like Mark Irwin, but uh, or Giorgio Gomez, you know, who's one of the top surfers in the world. Mark just became a world champion in uh, bare knuckle boxing. Oh wow! But I have, yeah, I have my. My students that I see, I, I see my students more more days a week than I do Mark, you know, and, and I'm one of his coaches for his, his upcoming barrel fight. Um, so it's, you know, it's just these people that I see pretty much on the daily that I, I'm, I'm coaching. I'm coaching probably 12, 12 different uh, classes a week and then also private sessions. Private sessions are, are – um, I don't do a bunch of privates because – I mean, it's a good it's good pay, but it hurts, you know, because if, yeah, if I'm teaching, you got to roll with them. Yeah, exactly. I got to roll yeah. with them. And like today, today or yesterday, yesterday, sorry, I had um, this this kid just graduating high school. He's like a hundred and ninety pound oh, wrestler, great. 
He's just a, he's a, he acts like he moves like a cat, yeah. you know, he's a little kid. So he gets after it, you know, yeah. and I, luckily I've been doing jujitsu for 26 years. He can get a submission or a choke or whatever that I give to him and I can let him do whatever the fuck he wants and it doesn't hurt. Um, or it's not going to say, but like it's still having all that energy, having a 200 pound kid on you sucks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I, I need – now that I'm competing again for the first time in five – for over five years um, to push my nonprofit. That's the best way to get my nonprofit out there. Nice. I, I've been picking and choosing my, my hard nights because I'm almost 40 and I can only train really hard two or three days a week. Right. You know, and two, that's like two or three sessions a week. Yeah, I was going to ask you about hard, that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, if I – when I get close to a fight, I'll do five sets, five hard sessions a week. Mm-hmm. You know, so basically Monday through Friday, or, yeah. or Monday through Thursday, and then, then go Saturday as well. Um, and it's a, uh, it's rough. It hurts. It really fucking hurts. So I just have to mind my p's and q's and, and do my do my proper um, my proper training. I'll, I'll go to you know see Corey Beasley, my strength coach, twice twice a week. Okay, and then I will. Um, I'll do jiu-jitsu 10 times in a week. Okay. I'd say about that. 60 minutes? And yoga too. 60 minute jiu-jitsu sessions? Yeah. Uh, no, 90. 90. You know, okay. There's, there's drilling. Yeah, there's lots right. of drilling involved. A lot of drilling. And, um, and then, so there's usually like drilling for 30, technique for 30, and open uh, rolling for 30. Nice. Yeah. When, yeah. You were, when you were competing in your 20s, what was that... Uh, how many hours were you going hard a week? Um, say five hours a day. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and you're at the gym for almost six to eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. And you're training anywhere from two to five. Uh, at Colin Oyama's, at Team Oyama, um, Colin makes he he makes and breaks some of the greatest young fighters in the world. Yeah, it is a hard system. He creates world champions, and if you want to be a world champion, this is what the fuck you have to do. And the amount of world class level people that have gone in there and broken, you right? Know, it's, it's it's heavy, and uh, you know that's where I spent most of my career. That, that I, I came in as kind of like the prodigy kid, and. Um, he 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 guided me and trained me through, and the whole team there. It wasn't just him. It was Jiva Santana, Romeo Danza, Balquatch. Um, we had an amazing team, and you know Carla Esparza, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Perez, Chito Vera. There, there was a, you know then there's been so many other people. It, yeah. it's, it's amazing to see. That, that's where I take my athletes to get their butt kicked. Right. You know, to, for them for them to learn like, hey, <clears throat> this is what it's like. You know, if my if Mark, who's an actual world champion in bare knuckle, if he gets too much attitude and too much ego, I take him to go see my other world champion friends who will beat the fuck out of him. Right. So it's <laughs> more know? about the the competitive uh, athletes in in the gym at Oyama. Yes. Or is the it the way the practices the ran? Oh, it's both. It's yeah. Both. It, it's it, that place is full of savages that will never even make it. They'll yeah. never. They're not a former or. Whatever it is, they, you know, some of us get out there and we perform. That's Mark. Mark gets out there and he fights and he performs and yeah. he, he can doggy dog. And his technique and, every, and his, everything is just, it's gotten so much better over the last year and a half since we've been working together. Yeah. I mean, so. It's awesome. 
now he's good. He's starting to be to be able to keep up with those sort of guys that I had beat him up in the first place because that's what happened to me. My coach would bring in people that would kill me. Oh yeah, you know, and they teach you a lesson, <clears throat> and you get you know you get the rub. Mm-hmm. You work with them, and things get easier, and you get better. And um, it's a vicious cycle of, of trauma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, tra- traumatizing each other, you know. When I, when I said that to the UFC, I go, look, you pay us to get in our underwear and to climb into a cage to right. fight people for blood money on replay. Yeah. And you're, give, you're giving and receiving PTSD the whole time. If, if I beat you up, you get PTSD. Yeah. And, but because I put you in the hospital, because I hurt you, I'm, I'm getting, getting something, something called TITS, trauma-induced trauma syndrome. Mm. And um, that weighs on you. It's, it's hard. You know, it's hard. And, of course, I, I just – Knowing that you did that to someone, you're saying. Yeah, your, your body just, it just holds on to it. Yeah. yeah. So then that, that's why you – know, another reason why I, I do the work I do is because I know so many people that are fucked up. I know so many people that are dying of – uh, of CTE sort of issues, mm. um, slowly and from young to old, like I, you see it and I, you see the decline and I know how to fix it. I don't want any more people in my, my world, in my sport to die. Cause I've had, oh man, I've had three very, very, very close people to me die in, in because of, of, you know, fucked up careers and brain damage and drug addiction. It was Shane Del Rosario, my best friend. He died in my arms. He partied himself to death in my house, in our house. We, he was helping me raise my daughter um, at this time. And we were both, you know, top of the world, fighting in UFC. Both of our careers went to shit at the same time. Um, and, I mean, I wasn't out with them. I just woke up to someone screaming in the morning. Um, you know, went through that whole process. And then Justin Levins, another best friend of mine, a fighter, um, had a lot of brain damage, a lot of drug addiction, steroid use. Uh, he killed a really good friend of mine, which was his wife and then himself. And uh, I was the first one on scene. And then my coach, Jeremy Williams, um, he kicked me out of the gym and said he can't work with anymore. And then he, which was, he was one of my first coaches. Uh, and then he killed himself like two days later. Mm. So, you know, I had a rough go of it and I, I, I see, I, I don't want anyone else to die. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's it. I, I can't, if, especially because we have ways to fix this sort of stuff. Right. Then I, I have to put my ass on the line and my my you know take arrows for people or for the industry because yeah. people judge me or shit. I mean, so many people in my life thought I was crazy. They still know I'm crazy. I'm, I am crazy, but yeah. um, you know, I'm trying to help this movement as much as possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody once they. Yeah, I mean, I was I was completely against any type of drug use my whole life, um, and then I had close friends and family who were dealing with depression and suicidal ideation, and and it's like, okay, I got to figure this out because I I don't yep. want my loved ones to suffer anymore, um, and so that put me down this road, you know, of, of finding this. What what kind of uh, benefit have you found with people who have been on the path that a lot of your friends were on when it came to suicide and, you know? Um, well, it's perspective that it, yeah. you know, it clears off, it clears off that amyloid plaque that's, that's creating this frantic breakup of information in your brain and, and depression and anxiety. And when you clear all that off, you confront your traumas, you change the visceral response your body has 
to said trauma. You can put it in a box, put it behind you, and you can go about your day. Yeah. You know, and then hopefully with this in mind that one day someone you know or maybe someone you don't know, um, they're going through something that you that resonates with you and you pull that box out and you show them what's in the box and you go, look, this is how I dealt with this. Yeah. You might want to try it. You know, this, this, is, this is how it looked to me. This is how I changed it. And um, that's all I ask is you help one person, please. You know, like this is, this is, um, we need this change to happen in the world. And, um, you know, we all need little guides and little things that pop up in your life. You know how many random acts of people just coming up to me and go, hey, I have to tell you this. Um, I got this premonition or I got, you know, like I'm a, I'm, I do this, this, this work, you know, where I talk to, to spirits or whatever. Hmm. Um, it's happened so many times or people that I know come into my life and I'm just like, Hmm. Okay. I was just looking for someone like you. Um, so the, the universe provides for me. It's, it's pretty nice. You know, I, I don't have to search for things. Um, it's just all right in front of me. I know what, what's what's coming in my future. You know, I know I know where I'm at, where I'll be, and and, um, and there's some things I've seen mm-hmm. <laughs> in visions that I, I'm I'm excited for. Nice. I wanted to ask you about uh, coaching. Um, I coached when I got out of college. I coached a, a middle school and high school wrestling team. Never wanted to do it. I was always always thought coaching's where you go to die. You know, uh, and uh, and I met a great guy. Um, he wrestled at Iowa State back in the day. I think in the eighties, maybe early nineties. Um, he was there when uh, Kevin Jackson was there. I think I think he might have just graduated, but he was still on uh, helping coaching. Um, but anyways, uh, he he was the head coach and head of the philosophy th- and theology department at the the Christian uh, the Christian school where the wrestling team was. So. Um, we would just train uh, these kids all day and then for two hours afterwards talk philosophy and theology. And uh, I just loved, I loved it. I mean, I'd, I'd spend all day there. And I don't think I would ever have coached if it wasn't, a, if it wasn't for him, you know. If it, yeah. Um, and, but I, you know, you get to that point, I know you as a coach, you, you get this, but like you end up getting more nervous for your athletes' matches than you, you have for your own. Yeah, and that's that is like a that is a um, a thing you never thought that maybe would have happened. At least I didn't. And then you're like, wow, this is this is a fulfilling thing that I never thought uh, it would be. You know what I mean? It ge- it gives you yeah. so much back coaching other people. Yes, yes, and I I used to be that way. Um, I just became so desensitized to life and I guess it's one of the benefits of being told I'm on, the, I've been told I'm on the spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. and I, 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 it's one of the benefits for me is I don't have to show much emotion. Um, but feeling it viscerally, even that I, I've, I've just been through so much and I've done so much work in the space and I take care of myself so well that I was just talking about this day. I don't really have much of an emotional response to any outside influence, even with my body being in pain. You know, like yeah. I've got my neck is fucking killing me, and it's just like I don't really get sad. I don't really. I get happy. I love smiling and being happy. I'm always happy, but like 
you know, crazy things happen. My, my fiance just left me. She mm. moved in for five days. She ran off. Um, she's a runner. So she's if, <laughs> long story. Uh, yeah, I mean, but not really that long. She, she, she moved up here and told me she was going to run. And I said, look, if you ever, um, if you leave, don't ever contact me again. Like you fuck my feelings. I can't have you around my daughter. Sure. And she has finally, she finally listened and she has not contacted me. And it's like, I'm able to compartmentalize the stuff and, um, not have a change in my, myself, which is cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it makes life much more manageable. Right. Um, and I'm sure there will be events that will throw me off, but you know, uh, I'm also an adult, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a protector and a man and I need to keep my, um, you know, I keep everything in line for a reason. I need to be a good example. For sure. Um, now when it comes to that ayahuasca session that you did where you, you said you had a realization of you need to teach or you need to coach. Yeah. Was that something that you had been considering for a while and you're just like, no, nah, I need to spend more time doing other things or it just kind of came to you and like, oh, didn't see that coming. So it started with me reliving every sparring session fight Ooh. I've ever had. Wow. Um, and all at once. And it was just so emotional and so hard and it hurt so much. Um, you know, just, just all the pain and suffering. Cause I, I was trying to kill somebody, you know, it was a little different. I had a different approach to it. Um, <clears throat> and the trauma inflicted and the trauma, you know, absorbed. I finally, at the end, I don't know if you know who Roberto Duran is. Oh yeah. But he's a famous, famous boxer. Hands of stone. No mas. Yeah. No mas. Yeah, he said no mas in his fight. It was like super famous and he quit mid fight. And I was in the Yucatan. I was in the Yucatan, you know, the Mayan jungle at a 650-year-old botanical garden. It's the biggest hacienda in the Yucatan. It is called Shambalate. It is the most beautiful place. Pretty nice spot, huh? Been in my- yeah. And that, you know, I'm, I'm part native Mexican, about 11%. And I, uh, that's where I like – I resonate with, with that area at all the archaeological sites. Yeah. And I had some amazing healers. Um you know, and I, I was really able to just connect down there. And, and I realized that um, once I said no mas, I went out and I, 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 they click on the light. I had been doing crazy amounts of medicine all week. Uh, some might say irresponsible, but I know what I'm doing. So I, I wanted to go deep. I had just been very traumatized by an event um, where, I, you know, I saw someone I love almost die. Um, so I... <clears throat> I was taking, you know, double cups of ayahuasca each each session. And the very last time he clicks on the light, he's like, all right, last cup. And I stood up and bolted out of the dark room. All I could see was the door. And I was just like, no mas, no mas, no mas. And I went and I sat in the hacienda out, kind of like looking in the jungle. And I had been communing with the jungle the whole time I was there, talking to it. And I finally broke and I was like, oh man. And I went through the whole process of quitting. And I was like, how dare you quit? Mm. You know, but obviously as I figured it all out, I'm like, there's, there's nothing to quit. It's over. Like I, I can quit and I need to 
fall back in love with fighting because I, I hated who I became. I hated the sport. I hated the whole thing. Um, and so I fell back in love with it and it's, it's, it just taught me to start start teaching. Right? It showed me I needed to start teaching, that I needed to get into jiu-jitsu and study kung fu again and start teaching kung fu maybe. Uh, which I don't know if I'll teach Kung Fu, but I do study um, with my Master Shi Hing Yi out of the German um, Buddhism temple. And there's, you know, they have Kung Fu, his Qi Gong um, you know, Taoism, um, Buddhism. It's an amazing course that I'm excited to get back into because my other, my Being True to You course, my certification program to be a coach just finished. And um, for once in my life, you know, now I'm educating myself. Or now I'm letting I'm letting like classes happen in my life. I, I I could never do school. I could never read and write really very well. Um, and now with psychedelics, I've been able to access my brain and put it all together. At first, it was it was me teaching myself a bunch of stuff, reading every article I could from every person in the space. Right. Like I, I read everything, yeah. and then you know dating a scientist for two years who taught me so much about the spirituality side of it and yoga side of it and uh, shamanic side of it. She was raised by a shaman grandmother. So she would be at 14 years old. She was in Belgrade being, um, going to medical school and to, to agricultural sciences school at 14. Hmm. And then she'd run off to the forests back to her family property um, and see grandma Gvozda, the iron woman, uh, who'd be in her little hut in the back of the property and she'd be doing shamanistic, you know, witchcraft and, um, Interesting. So it gave this person, you know, she's still one of my really good friends, but yeah. we, don't, we don't date anymore. Um, but having those sort of people, you know, and getting all these crazy business opportunities to work with Johns Hopkins, get the I got the UFC to agree to the Johns Hopkins study, and that fell through, and then I ended, I ended up on HBO uh, helping a fighter heal and send it to Dana White, and then he asked to be back in the study, and then it still fell through. Mm-hmm. So the University of Miami is now... Um, our study, phase two starts of our study in, in about two to three months, and the UFC has verbally agreed to start en- enrolling athletes in this um, microdosis psilocybin and CBD study. That's awesome. So if um, – and both sides are like, you're going to have a job doing this. You're going to have a job facilitating this. And I'm like, cool, okay. Uh, Believe it when I see it. It's going to cost – I've had so much smoke blown up my ass. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, I don't – I don't, again, I don't get emotional. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, right. Yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll talk to you then. <laughs> right, um, right. Because they would have, they would have to, I would be away from my, my, my daughter. I'd be away from home, yeah. my school. So they'd have to pay me a fuckload of money. This would be like, you know, we're talking like a, a very good six figure salary for yeah. me to travel to the fights Escort people, you know, the day after the fights on Sunday, take them to Miami and make sure they embark on the protocol. And they'll be getting paid to do this. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I, 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 as, I don't care about the money. I don't do things for money. Um, I have money. I, I, I do things to help people. And if, if they do the study, if they start putting people through it, my life, is, my life work is, is done. Like that, yeah. that's my life's work, right? Setting up those fighters to get the analytics and the data. Uh, I have my other study going on in Peru later this year with the um, Ayahuasca Foundation. And the uh, University of Melbourne will will be collecting data. University of Miami wants in because they just love what I do. So they're like, we'll we'll do what we can. Um, So, you know, I've got a lot on my plate. So it's like, can I 
can they facilitate me, you know, getting enough of what I need in my life if you're going to take me away from the things that I'm doing. Right. Exactly. Um, now, when it comes to uh, Arcana, the spot, yeah. right? That's that's what the place is called? Yes. And you said you're two years out from that or a year? A little over two years. Okay. What made you choose that spot? Was, it, was that your first, uh, the first time you took ayahuasca? No. Okay. No. Um, I had already done like a 15 grand mushroom trip. 15? I had already done ayahuasca. Yeah, I did 20 grams the first the first day that we did ceremony with Arcana. And um, fifth, 20 seems to be the magic number. I don't know how often I want to go back there. Mm. Um, but that's where the, the mushrooms showed me. Like I'm having a son. They showed me his name. They showed me all this stuff that's happening. Um, and, you know, I went down there has because any of Jesse that, Gold. Not to interrupt you, but has any of that transpired that you've seen? Yeah. So it's, it's happening. Um, I've also met my, I met my son for a second time, uh, when I was on two grams of mushrooms in New Mexico doing breath work with, uh, with being the being true to you people. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all coming true. You know, it is. And this is stuff has already showed me more than once. Um, and I got to sit with Maria Sabina's niece, which is you know, the first yep. shaman woman who gave a Westerner, um, medicine. Um, and that was incredible. That was so incredible. Uh, then I did three sits with ayahuasca with a Shipibo shaman. So a Mazatec shaman in mushrooms, a Shipibo shaman with, with ayahuasca. Um, I also did a, a, a five MEO ceremony in the morning. So it was, it was mushrooms at night, ayahuasca at night. After the first day or first night of ayahuasca, I, I, I couldn't connect completely. Um, I wasn't opening up in the heart space. Mm. And Jose, the proprietor, and the, one of the facilitators, the head facilitator, is he's really good at what he does. Um, and, and he, so they gave me a sapo ceremony on Thursday morning, and then we did ayahuasca again at night. And that's exactly what I needed. I got so much more out of the ayahuasca after that sapo ceremony. And what is the sapo? 5-MeO-DMT. Uh, uh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah the, the, the toad. Um, Which is like 15, toad, 20 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that allows and I, your... There's a video. You said that yeah, allowed that, that kind of your heart to open up for the ayahuasca? That's all I learned was self-love, which okay. was exactly what I needed. I went in there to find it, and it gave it to me, for sure. And then that night, we drank ayahuasca, and it was, uh, it was, really, it was really nice. So, you know, just to ask a question there, like, you found self-love. What, what do you think that you were operating on before? Like what preconceived idea of of that did you have before you experienced it? Well, I knew that I changed, but no one else did yet. People still treated me like the monster that I became when I retired. Um, and people did they had no idea. They're like, "You're still Ian," you know. Um, and this was, you know, over two two years ago. So people hadn't quite come around to this new version of me. Um, one of the healer healing women, one of the, the priestesses there, whatever you want to call her, she, um, you know, did some body work on me, rubbed an egg on me, and cracked it, and looked at it in the sun, and did all this, you know, sort of healing witchcraft sort of stuff on you. Um, and 
she, you know, I'm, I'm on the table laying down. She looks, you know, from I'm this way and she's this way. And she's like, oh, no. She goes, you have bad eyes. And I was like, yeah, I, I have bad eyes. My, my right eye is going bad and my left eye is aging gracefully. Um, I took a thumb in my eye, so it, it's fucked right. up. But and she goes, no, 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 no. Like people, they have bad eyes for you. And she did, didn't speak the best English, but, you know, um, you know, you're comprende. Uh, I speak, you know, a little bit of Spanish. Nice. Um, so we start to go over it, and, and, and I told her, I said, yes, you know, I, I, a lot of people hate me. A lot of people view me in a very, very negative light for, because of who I became in the end. Um, and it was my programming still, my fear of not being accepted. Okay. You know, obviously I wanted to be accepted. I, I, I fought in a cage for a living. For, that's me acting out my childhood traumas. That's me trying to show the world that I'm, that I'm worth it, um, to be adored, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a hermit. I'm kind of a loner, you know, even though I have a lot of friends. Yeah. I, I do a lot of stuff on my own and, um, uh, you know, I, I was even at that point. I was very, sh- very just sheltering myself because I didn't like all the negative. You know, and I still carried a weird energy um, that was intense for people. So, you know, I just I had to to start to peel off those layers so I could analyze why and, and what and where and when and how, so I could actually be okay with who I am. You know, because I was still I was still confused. Right. Gotcha. Well, man, I mean that's awesome that you uh, you know you keep getting what you need. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Have you, you ever tried ketamine? I have not. No, I've got a buddy out here. Yeah, I did I a podcast with. He's got a ketamine clinic out here in LA. I've okay. just never gone. Uh, I have an invite for you. If you'd like to come to a an athlete based ketamine retreat, we're doing one in Miami. I just had two athletes fall out. One, Mark, my my fighter's fighting in a couple months, and the yeah. other one. Um, here we go. I got, I got word that he's on fentanyl. His mom called me. Damn. He's, he's young. He's a young, he's, I don't, know, I don't even I think he's 20. Um, young, good amateur fighter. It's a lot of potential, you know, but we, uh, yeah, we're doing uh, intravenous ketamine therapy and there's sound healings and yoga and food and every, we're taking care of the whole uh, three days. That's so awesome. if, if you'd like to come, let me know. Or, or, or any athlete that needs help, any athlete that or a person in general yeah. that, that has a traumatic injury, little Billy gets hit in the face with a baseball, grandma hits her head in the bathtub, um, or someone gets punched in the face for 20 years, whatever sure. it is, send them my, send them my way. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, we can use CBD, curcumin, uh, whatever, uh, ice bath. Yeah. We can, we can make a change. I just like having a multi-pronged approach to healing because right. that's how people, feel the best um you know if you can if you can attack the body and the inflammatory system from multiple levels and angles and um give the body a chance to heal because that's what it needs but we're, our bodies are meant to live forever we just have we're so toxic that we we can't because our bodies start to degrade when we're when we're not in homeostasis for sure now i know uh we got a minute and a half here i want to get you out when you when you need to get out but uh i want to ask you as far as you know, um, going as deep into psychedelic therapy as you, as you are, have you seen anybody 
go too deep in a way that um, maybe their their minds were altered, uh, maybe from ayahuasca to where they never kind of got back to homeostasis. Okay, uh, I got back there, obviously, but there's these times where yeah, some people some people don't come back, and you have to be careful. Because they get in it's this egoic society. These these they're the cool kid, you know. They're yeah. they're, they're they're the the bigwig. Um, they get guru syndrome, right? And sure, they might preach some good stuff, but deep down, they're still damaged. Um, yeah, we all are, but but it's kind of obvious. Uh, using too much drugs, um, using people still, uh, having these crazy interactions. You still you see them. You're like, why you've done this much medicine? Why are you not? Um, acting different. What is that? What what do you think that is, Ian? Um, They don't integrate properly. If they integrated properly, then then we'd be all right, but they're not. And and they can get back there. They can fix it. It's just, it's not the end of the world. They just have to change themselves. No one can, as a coach, I can only guide you through it and mirror you. And and, and I I meet you where you're at. And if you really want to push, then we can talk, but uh, you still have to, you know, tread lightly. Yeah. Do you think it's this? Um, you think there's a, a lack of humility there in that integration? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. They, they don't do the work, so it doesn't happen. You can't just say like, "Oh, I do this," and not do it, and, and think you're going to change. You know, you have to actually put in the work. That's the one thing I've noticed, um, and that's why I'm not seeking out to uh, to do anything else until I've integrated everything I've learned from this first session. And that is the last thing I I, want to do is to use this as just a crutch to experience that thing again. Of course. Good. Well, brother, I, I, yeah, I I appreciate this, man. I want to keep you. I know you're, you're busy, but, uh, I I love that you're doing this and you're supportive of all these athletes who, uh, you know, have, you know, give each other brain damage every day. I feel like I've got brain damage (laughs) from all the clubs and front headlocks I've been in my whole life. Sure. You know what I mean? For sure you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you you one hundred percent do, and that's just no one ever talks about wrestlers just clubbing the shit out of each other. No, no, no. especially where out wrestling where you came up. Yeah, it's fucking rough. Yeah, like, California's rough, but maybe you guys are a little more like that. Bang it out. And, that and Oklahoma Midwestern out. style. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Well, man, I'll let you go. This was fun, man. I loved uh, love we'll connecting with you. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, I'll let you go, brother. Sure.